Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. As a traveler, it's a fact you're going to need to manage your spending in different currencies. You need a service that not only helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, but also does it without the hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This is where WISE comes in. WISE is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. I've been a customer for over a decade. It's been a lifesaver for me as a traveler, a nomad, and now a permanent resident abroad. If you're a traveler who's still using your regular bank, you need to check this out. Join 16 million customers and learn how the WISE account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to WISE for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. For those of you that have not been traveling or living on the road due to COVID-19, you might be wondering when will travel really open up again? When will it be safe? Will airline tickets be affordable or will they be crazy expensive? Or somewhere in the middle, what will a typical travel day look like over the next couple of years? These are just a few of the many questions you might be pondering. Now, I'm no futurist, but everybody's entitled to an opinion, right? So today, I'm going to give you my five predictions for the future of travel over the next three to five years and answer the question at the end, should you get back out there on the road if you're grounded? All of that is coming at you right now in this show. So buckle up, strap in, grab your favorite beverage, relax, and enjoy yourself. Thanks for being here, and welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. Now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire. And if it sounds a tiny bit echoey, I will let you know that I'm recording in a little room at my co-working space, finally back in Oslo after spending almost a month up at my in-laws in rural Norway, which was beautiful, cold actually, some cold summer weather, but we are back in the in the warm summer heat and enjoying being back. I am right now sitting here with, uh, you can hear that, it's a bag of Clemming uh, Lefse, which is a Norwegian dessert. This one has uh, cinnamon and butter in it. So I just slammed one of those. I got a cup of coffee and I was getting ready to fire up uh, a good old fashioned interview show for you. I have a bunch of amazing interviews recorded, some awesome episodes coming out. So if you haven't subscribed, be sure to subscribe and enjoy the listening community here, this global listening community. But you know what? I thought, hey, I feel like doing a solo show today. I feel like just turning on the mic 
and having a little chat with you and sharing some of the things that I've been noticing uh, that are trends happening right now around the future of travel. And I thought, well, it would be cool to put together, uh, I'm going to ask Chris, my editor, to cue the uh, mystical music here. (laughs) Five predictions on the, what I'm calling the near future of travel. Travel over the next three to five years. We're getting out our crystal balls. And the end of this episode will culminate in answering the question, should you get back out there if you are somebody that's been quarantining at home? Uh, I know uh, a bunch of my friends are out on the road right now because they live on the road. They're nomadic. They didn't really have a home base to go to. Um, Some of you listening, that might be the case for you. Others, maybe you're getting back out there a little bit. Maybe some of you that are listening are also considering taking your act as in your life out on the road. Uh, Maybe you already had plans for that and then this whole pandemic hit and you're like, what am I supposed to do now? So we're going to talk about those things and, and maybe try to work through some things together. Now, yeah, I don't know what compelled me to just turn on the mic and talk to you today, but um, I'm so happy you're listening. And I want to say before we get into this content, thanks for being part of this listening community, whether it's your first show or your 300th. So appreciate everybody who has taken time to listen to this podcast. This is a community-powered show, and I love to hear from listeners. If you ever want to get in touch, send me an email, jason at zerototravel.com is my email address. It was, in fact, an email I got from one of you that uh, inspired part of today's show. So we're going to get into that today. So get a little shout out to somebody in the community as well. Always hit me up. I'm asking for some audio messages as well. So if you got a smartphone, which most people do nowadays, just hit record on your voice app and send me a question or send me some thoughts or introduce yourself or share a tip. And I'm looking to put some of those on the show. So feel free to hit me up with any of those as well. Okay. You know, I do my best to keep this show really inspiring and educational, informative, you know, not only inspiring travel, but giving you the tools to do that. If you already listen to the show, then you know that. And I like to keep a lot of the content that I give you evergreen. So if you find the show and you dive into some of the back catalog, you will find content in every episode, (laughs) I would say nearly every episode that can help you, whether it was recorded, you know, four years ago or uh, last week, because I do try to keep the advice evergreen and and relevant, so you can get as much value out of this podcast feed as possible. But you know, with the whole COVID nineteen pandemic, it has been virtually impossible to, to not address current events. Because come on, I mean, this is. I never thought I would see the travel industry basically, basically disappear overnight in a sense, right? So, I mean, this is so intertwined with everybody's lives right now. We can't not talk about it ever on this show. So, I thought, you know, if I'm sharing some of these five predictions, I'd also share some thoughts and tips along the way to give you some food for thought on how you might be able to anticipate some of these things should they come to fruition, how you can plan for yourself. So when you are comfortable with getting back out on the road, uh, you have some things to think about and some things to, uh, or maybe some things that you've already done to prepare yourself. So I'll start this by saying, 
that, you know, I just read, there was a great article on uh, Rolling Stone. I'm going to reference it a couple times in this show. Uh, it just got published, I think, yesterday at the time of this recording. No, I'm sorry. It was four days ago from the time of this recording. It's called The Unraveling of America. It's by this anthropologist, Wade Davis, on how COVID-19 signals the end of the American era. It's it, not really much to do with travel, but there were a couple things in this article that stood out to me as I was reading through it. And one thing is that, you know, the fastest that uh, anybody has ever developed a vaccine was for the mumps. And it took four years. So it's this idea that there's just all of a sudden going to be a vaccine and everything's going to magically be back to the way it was. That, I'm not adding this into my prediction count, but that ain't happening as far as I'm concerned. I mean, this is like a major shift in a major inflection point in humanity. How can it not be? You know, this is like a the black death or the plague or, you know, these times where other, other major events totally changed the world forever. And I don't see us going back to like a normal step. I mean, this is the new normal, of course, and eventually there'll be another normal, but I don't think it'll be the same normal that we experienced before. Things have changed and they're going to continue to change. That's what we're going to try to figure out today, some of those things uh, that are changing as it relates to travel. Let's start with prediction number one, which is around the airline ticket prices. Now, when September 11th happened, there was a, a basically a standstill on travel. Then People were not comfortable with traveling. Of course, the biggest difference or one of the biggest differences between that and this is that was... Um, an isolated event that occurred and impacted people living in the U.S. Of course, it impacted people all over the world in many ways. But we're talking about from a travel standpoint. When I'm I'm, I'm referring to this uh, idea of travel, kind of going down as far as like the amount of people doing it, people wanting to do it. People didn't really people from the USA after September 11th. Generally, general population didn't want to travel. They didn't feel comfortable traveling because of the hijackings. It wasn't something they were comfortable with. So after that, what happened was airlines dropped their prices quite a bit and flights became pretty cheap. And that was used to encourage people to travel again. Once people started traveling again, the prices went up. Now, if you look at it from the big picture standpoint, right? I mean, you can almost see like this is... The September 11th, that was uh, an event that happened on a particular day. And then there were all the things that happened around that. But I would say, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that was a shorter amount of time that the, the, the loss of confidence in travel dipped down and then the confidence started to grow and that matched, you know, the enticing offers from the airlines got people traveling again. This is much different because this is going to be going on for multiple years, and I mean, many other articles I've read have uh, said that, you know, this is the type of thing that's going to be with us forever, whether it turns into like a, a common cold or like the flu is now or something like that remains to be seen. But this is something we have to deal with for uh, what I think at least, you know, a few more years. So that means that type of timeline is going to be 
increase. But I do think the same thing's going to happen. But how cheap can the flights go when airlines have been hit so hard? And then if they have to, say, like leave middle seats open because of social distancing, they have to pay crews to do extra cleaning, all those additional expenses to the airline. So um, when I say that prices will come down a bit, I don't think they're going to be super cheap. They might come down to reasonable levels. I'm talking about over the next one to three years. Then I would imagine quickly go up again, which obviously makes it difficult for people to travel because one of your biggest expenses as a traveler is flying, of course, your flight ticket. So you already see very expensive flights because they're limited. I think eventually you might get some cheaper flights to get people going again, but in the long haul, flying is going to be expensive for quite a long time. So what can you do? What can you do to plan against that? First of all, if you must travel soonish, you can keep your eye out for cheap deals and lock them in. In the meantime, stockpile those travel rewards points to use later if you need help with that. Uh, I have an article on Zero to Travel. It's a beginner's guide to travel hacking, and you can learn all about how to use you know, credit cards to get points for free flights and things like that. I don't see those programs going away anytime soon. And if you just go to zerototravel.com on the homepage, you scroll down, you can find um, an article that says how to get a free flight within 15 minutes. I know it sounds clickbaity, but uh, when you read the article, you'll understand how that works. So read our beginner's guide to travel hacking if you need some help with that. That's what I'm saying that you can do to plan against what I think will be very expensive uh, airline tickets is to up your points and miles game and start banking those travel rewards points. So when you are ready to fly, you're able to be one of those people that flies for free. I mean, I could go on and on about why else I think the... uh, Tickets will be expensive. We think about business travelers traveling just for those one-day business meetings. You know, those aren't happening anymore. And think about how much the airlines make just off of business travelers who are maybe now working remotely and seeing the value in just meeting over Zoom or Skype or whatever. So anyway, I could go on and on, but there is some more food for thought around why I think airline tickets will be expensive. So plan for that. Up your travel hacking game. Okay. Prediction number two, and this isn't really a prediction. This is something that's already happening, but it would be a prediction over the long haul, and that is in-country travel, you know, people embracing regional travel as an alternative to country hopping. That is why you see, for example, in the USA, RV travel and van life exploding like never before. There's also a practical reason for this. You look at the American or the US passport, excuse me, shifting in terms of how powerful it is, for lack of a better term. Countries are now not allowing US citizens in. And that's going to kind of be an ever-changing landscape, right? Like people's passports are only going to be as good as the country they're from and how it's handling the pandemic, right? We're already seeing that. So 
That is why you're also noticing, I read an article on this recently, that citizenship investment programs are up. These are programs generally for the wealthy that allow you to invest in particular countries. And in exchange, you get a passport from that country so you can have dual citizenship. So examples of countries that offer those types of uh, benefits in Antigua, Cyprus, Dominica, Grenada, Malta, Montenegro, St. Lucia, St. Kitts and Nevis. Uh, These are all countries that allow for investments and Sometimes I'm using that term generically because sometimes that means buying real estate. Sometimes it means just straight up giving the government a bunch of cash. I mean, I've done some research right now. It's looking like to get a citizenship in Montenegro is around a six-month process, about 350,000 euros. So not for everybody, but some of these are real estate investments. So if you're somebody that buys like a $200,000, $250,000, home, and you think you want to get dual citizenship, well, could be something that's worth looking into if you have the ability to get a home at that price and you want to do it in another country where you can get citizenship somewhere else. What you'd want to Google is citizenship by investment programs and you'll land on a bunch of articles and information. Again, generally for pretty wealthy people to basically buy another citizenship, but this is something that's really been increasing now that COVID has hit. Going back to the original prediction of just in-country travel, yeah, duh, well, that's obvious and that's happening out of out of the circumstance. You know, it's out of necessity is what I'm trying to say. But I think that's a trend that's going to continue. Uh, it's very, always been very underrated, kind of discovering your own country. I found that as a general trend even before this pandemic. It's like uh, you talk to a lot of people and if you've been traveling around, you know this, where you'll you'll be in a country and you'll meet people from that country and you had been to like, you know, 10 or 12 different spots in their country and they had, many of those spots they hadn't even been to because generally people, it's not that they take their own country for granted, but it's like, well, hey, it's just right here so I can always do that later. So I'm going to go here and go there and go to this country and do these things. Now people are forced to travel in their own countries and they're probably realizing, wow, there's a lot of cool stuff here in my backyard and I don't have to get on a flight. I don't have to risk my safety. And also this is maybe a little less stressful that I don't have to fly. I can just drive my car or um, I could just go with some friends or whatever. And I think that can be a long-term trend, you know, even when travel does pop back people just being more content with exploring closer to home as a long-term trend. That's where I think the prediction comes in that I'm saying it's not so much that, oh, it's a prediction that's a trend now. It's already happening. But for the long term, I think that's something that can continue. And you already see it happening with you know national parks in, um, in the USA are more uh, crowded than ever. Part of that trend is going to be people spending more time in nature. I think discovering nature Uh, or rediscovering nature for those that aren't already into like hiking and being outside and things like that. You know, those are great places to be during a pandemic. And I think that's a huge part of being uh, human is, is connecting with nature. And, you know, some people grow up in the city and they just maybe didn't have parents that took them out into nature a lot and they didn't get exposed to that. But when you discover that and the peace that that can bring, you know, that's something that you want to enjoy And you can enjoy that in your own backyard. So I think uh, once people get exposed to that a little bit more and they realize 
These things are, you don't have to travel thousands of miles often for beautiful nature. That whole idea of just keeping your country, uh, keeping your travels very regional is going to be a trend that continues on beyond the, uh, the pandemic. And that shift to more regional in-country travel, I think will also lead to a mindset set shift towards, and this is my third prediction, slow travel. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway, not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the US Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big! With the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card, visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on earth we're excited to partner with nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off the beaten path destinations to visit and there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 nissan pathfinder with seven drive modes the pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys and it even has the best towing capacity in its class up to six thousand pounds so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there. And that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself. And that's why we're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Slow travel is going to be uh, something that's generally more done. I think people will be more content with not seeing as much, not having to go see you know 50 sites on some crazy itinerary because you're going to realize the value of uh, not maybe rushing around, maybe having a deeper experience, not having that quick hit sort of glossy kind of surface level experience uh, on like, you know, 15 different places over a period of two weeks. Maybe they'll go to like three or four and like really dive in and, and live in, uh, be a part of a neighborhood for uh, days or months or excuse me, weeks or maybe even months. Uh, and slow travel in general, I think is going to be something that people embrace it's already being embraced, of course, but I think even coming out of this pandemic, once you get a taste of slow travel and some of the joys 
of slow travel, you start to realize that it's not about seeing all the sites all the time or going to every single restaurant or trying every single thing in a country. It's about having those deeper, more meaningful, more purposeful interactions and experiences. So part of slow travel and another trend that I think is going to be increasing as the years go on, and maybe this is on a smaller level, but this is my number four, this idea of people participating in more human-powered adventures. I mean, I rode my bike here today, and it wasn't just because I wanted to go on a bike ride and because it was a nice day. Those were two big reasons, but it was also because it was safer, I don't want to be on the bus right now. I don't want to be on public transportation or on the, the subway if I can avoid it. So I get to get out and get exercise. I'm in fresh air, I'm safe, keeping my body safe and healthy. And I'm not jamming myself into a public bus. I don't have a car here. There are a lot of those types of things happening all over the world right now. Right? People are like, well, I'm just going to walk today. Yeah, I don't usually walk, but instead of taking the subway three stops or whatever, I'm going to walk 50 minutes to my destination. Oh, walking's kind of nice. This is kind of cool. This feels like a little travel adventure. Wow, I've never seen that neighborhood coffee shop before. Oh, look what they're building over there. That's new. People start to discover um, these things that they just kind of go past every day. So as more people are maybe riding bikes, or walking, doing these types of things, getting out on on lakes or kayaking, whatever, uh, you're going to start to see that translating to adventures. You know, bike touring, for example, loading up a bike and going camping and riding off. And again, this kind of ties in with not having to go too far to feel that feeling of adventure and travel. And isn't travel really just a mindset when it comes down to it, of course, come on, don't get me wrong. You know, there, of course, there are the multitude of external uh, factors, you know, different cultures, different languages, the food, the sights, the people, the place, the smells, all that amazing stuff. But that special feeling you get from all that, those are external stimulus, but it's how we process that world. It's, it's always how we process our worlds. In our, in our heads, right? It just opens up our minds, shows us that uh, there are a lot of different ways to live. We can open up our minds not too far from home as well, is my point. doesn't mean that uh, we can maybe experience the same things. I'm in Norway. I can't like teleport myself to the top of a temple and watch the sunrise at Angkor Wat in Cambodia. But since I've been there, I, I know that feeling i can i can feel the warmth of the not only the air but the people the energy everything of course you had to have been there to to know what that feels like but there are other ways that we can have adventures and get those special feelings we get as travelers even when we may be confined to our own culture maybe we can see our own culture in a new way right We can experience the people of our own countries in a new way. We can see things that we've been putting off. We can still have that exciting feeling of uh, travel and adventure without going to far-flung destinations. But of course, we as travelers want to explore the world. We're going to want to do that 
again <laughs> at some point, right? Which is why we're almost getting to the end here when we answer that question about getting back out there. But anyway, that's my prediction number four. More human-powered adventures. And I wonder, is this something that's changed in your life? You know, have you been getting out in nature more? Have you been maybe riding your bike or walking more because of this? Is that inspiring you to maybe travel in that way longer term as like a longer term out on the road type of adventure? I'm curious. Uh, Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Okay. My fifth prediction is a little uh, bit hard to describe, but something that I feel many of us may be experiencing already and feeling and seeing already. And this is an idea that we're going to have a different kind of connection with each other. And as a traveler, you know, I mean, if you've traveled around, one thing that uh, I've always noticed personally through my own experiences and just through the conversations I've had on this podcast Uh, something that many people say that I've heard time and time again from guests is that, you know, the world is generally like a good place. Like people are good, people are kind, and they generally want the same things. They want health for their families and for themselves. They want to be safe, love, all those universal qualities. And these are themes that have come up time and time again through almost now, I'd say 400 guests that I've interviewed or hundreds of literally thousands of conversations I've had with travelers, uh, you know, this idea that they were maybe convinced by family or friends or the media or whatever, that the world was dangerous and there were a lot of bad people out there. And then they go out and travel and they realize that, wow, the world's not as dangerous as I thought it was. And that there are so many amazing people out there. And part of that is just getting on the ground, getting to new places And instead of just seeing people through a news highlight reel or whatever, you're actually meeting people on the ground, interacting with them, you know, talking, sharing meals, hanging out, meeting their families, all that stuff. So what makes this unique, this whole COVID-19 experience, is that we as a an entire planet are all going through this together. Now the only continent that hasn't been hit by COVID is Antarctica. So, you know, unlike other past, you could say, traumatic events that have shaken up human history, if you look at something like World War I or World War II, you know, even wars, even world wars don't involve every single country on the planet. Think about that, right? I mean, it affects a lot of countries, but it doesn't involve the entire planet like this pandemic is right now. If anybody ever doubted that we are connected uh, globally, that we're one world, that uh, you know we're all, all more connected than than maybe we think we are, and that you know borders are just these lines, you don't you don't stand on the border and see a line on the ground. They're just made up human constructs, right? We're all this one world, and now we're going through this thing together. How can that not give us a different kind of connection? with each other, right? So when we get back out there as travelers, we have this common thing that we've all been through, this shared experience, no matter what culture, no matter what your background, and uh, certainly for others, a harder hit 
I mean, now you're seeing these terrible realities on how, uh, you know, poverty and, you know, what color your skin is and all of these things are, are, are affecting who is impacted the most by this. And, um, so certainly, I mean, there are different experiences in different communities. Uh, I'm not discounting that, but as a whole, humanity is fighting against this thing that's 10,000 times smaller than a grain of salt, according to that Rolling Stone article. I thought that was an interesting fact. So that's going to connect us in a different way. And I think we will uh, we'll see how that plays out over the years. So there you go. Five quick predictions on the future of travel you know, over the next f- five, three to five years. Who knows what's going to happen? But uh, yeah, prediction number one, the airline prices generally going to be expensive. So try to plan for that and get into travel hacking or up your travel hacking game. Number two, more people traveling regionally and keeping that going even when uh, when things do peter out in terms of the pandemic. Number three, slow travel being uh, something that is practiced more and more and embraced, I would say, by the masses. Uh, number four, more human-powered adventures. And number five, having a different connection with each other. And, you know, I could go on and on with these predictions, but I'll leave you with five for today. Now, what about the question about getting back out there? Maybe you've been thinking about living a life on the road. Maybe you've been thinking about doing the nomadic thing, digital nomad, or just, you know, saving up money and taking off. Maybe have these questions. Should you get back out there? When should you get back out there? This is a very personal decision and I am not going to give any specific advice or tell anybody what to do because that's the last thing uh, that I would ever want to do. Everybody's in charge of themselves and it's, you know, thinking about your safety, that's something you have to feel comfortable with. But I got this email from a listener, Brian. Shout out to Brian. He actually wrote me back today. Sorry it took me so long to get back to you, Brian. I was running around. But I I shot him a note today and he got back to me. So anyways, email said, hey, Jason, as you know, many content creators, quote unquote, in the travel space were either living abroad or on the move. When COVID hit, many returned to their home country where their passport's from. Curious if uh, across any of your podcast interviews, you've covered the topic of bloggers, podcasters, YouTubers getting back out on the road right now and what that looks like. I know just this past week, I've seen a couple YouTubers I follow head down to Mexico from Canada and the USA, and it seems like most others have reverted to van life in their home country if they weren't already doing that. Crazy times. We'll be really curious to hear, to see how, where, and a personal stance on getting back out there with international travel during this time, aka before the vaccine. What do you think? Thanks for the email, Brian. And I, I didn't want to limit this to you know content creators because just because you're creating content, whether you're creating content or not, I mean, we're all, if you're out living your life on the road, then you're all in, obviously in the same situation. So I know you were asking about content creators, but I'm just going to take a broader view on this and, and try to answer the question around getting back out there. So, I mean, in my opinion, here's the good news. You have to live your life somewhere, right? So doing it on the road is, of course, always a choice that you'll have. And you're going to be taking risks no matter where you are. So at the time of this recording, then again, this is from the, the Rolling Stone article, uh, just quote, with less than 4% of the global population, the U.S. soon accounted for more than a fifth of COVID deaths 
The percentage of American victims of the disease who died was six times the global average. End quote. So, you know, that's the question. Like, if you're a U.S. citizen listening to this, where are you really safer? <laughs> right? You always have the choice to live your life on the road, to be nomadic, to live that lifestyle. I would say, you know, for traveling, if you want to do the van life thing, or maybe you want to skip around, just say, hey, you know what? Pandemic be damned. I'm going to live that nomadic life because this is what I planned. Hey, you do you. I would just say, I think it's a good idea to consider traveling for more than just an escape from your current situation. Although that can be a valid reason too. I'm not in the US right now. So it's easy for me to say sitting here in Norway where the situation is much, much better. I can't blame anybody for leaving because they feel they don't feel like their home country's handling it very well. You know, but if you do travel because of that reason, are you going to be happy on the road? That's the question. Or are you going to be, you know, maybe happy is the wrong word because I don't believe that the goal should be to be happy all the time. That's not realistic. But will you be fulfilled? Will you be glad that you made that decision if you're just leaving to escape? Or will you feel like maybe, hey, I'm just uh, like a fugitive on the run trying to find a safer place? So that's why I'm, I'm saying you should maybe consider your urge to travel, I think escaping a certain situation might be a part of it. But I, for me personally, would would think that it would be a good idea to have something more behind that so you don't end up out there on the road miserable. Now, the bad news, of course, is even though you have a choice to live your life out on the road, it's not going to be as predictable as it was before. With visas, with countries, uh, maybe you get in and then they tell you you have to leave. It's hard to say. So, I mean, think about for the footloose and fancy free, (laughs) you know, you're you're like, whatever, I'll just figure it out. You're going to do what you're going to do anyway. So, just go. Uh, For the conservative risk taker, I would say know that you're a resourceful person as a human being, that you'll figure things out when you're presented with a challenging situation. You will figure it out if you end up in X, Y, or Z country and they all of a sudden say, you have to leave, you have to go to another country. Well, that might be challenging, but you will figure it out. You will figure out somewhere to go, some way to go. You will talk to other people that are in that same situation and exchange information. I mean, you'll, you'll figure it out whatever the case is. So, uh, you know, that, that I think is an important thing to remember. When you're presented with a challenging situation, you're going to figure it out. That being said, one way to hedge your bets might be to explore some more stable type of overseas adventure. So if you want to get out of your home country, let's say you're based in the USA, maybe you want to rent a base in Mexico uh, and you just explore that one country or a little bit more of Central America if you're able to get around Maybe you get a job teaching English overseas and secure like that one-year contract. So you know you won't be getting kicked out of that country because you're going to be employed there for a year and you're going to have a cultural exchange and you're going to experience a whole other country and you're going to have work and income and everything like that. Seasonal work overseas could be another thing or even in your own country uh, just to have an adventure. So that is uh, another way to consider approaching this is to look at some cultural type exchanges or some places you might want to go and what are some ways that you could get there and maybe if you want to be on the more conservative side have 
something sort of set up. So you know you're not going to be told to, say, leave that country on a moment's notice or um, somehow get get stuck in a situation that you're you're not quite sure about. So those are some things to consider. And summation, you know, nomad life, living out on the road, it's not going to stop, but it, it definitely seems to be getting hindered. Now more than ever, I would say, don't have any expectations about your travels, your travel plans. Always a, a good thing, I think, in general. I think when we have expectations around our trips, that they should be a certain way, it kind of sets us up to already kind of, we have this idea of like how the travel experience is going to be or what we might learn from it, what we might get out of it. And that's okay too. Part There's like this fine line between like intentions and, and things you want to be open to versus like expectations, which, you know, if you, if you have too strong of expectations and your expectations aren't met, then uh, that can kind of, I guess, I don't want to say ruin the travel experience, but it, it can affect it, right? It's all how we process these things. So I find that the less expectations I have, the more I'm fulfilled as a traveler and really as a human being, because uh, if I have too high expectations and I don't hit them, then it's like you're setting yourself up for disappointment, right? It's that that whole idea. So anyway, now more than ever, don't have any expectations on... Um, how long you might be able to stay somewhere even things that were like so seemingly obvious in the past like hey i'm gonna go into this country and they're gonna give me this three-month stamp and cool i get to be here for three months i mean that isn't even guaranteed anymore you know even the most basic sort of time commitment in a place even if your whole schedule and itinerary and uh where you were gonna what you were gonna do and everything was totally wide open you at least had that right (laughs) Now you don't even have that. But also remember, you are a resourceful person because you're a human being. You're an amazing human being. You're you're an incredible thinking machine and you can figure it out and you will figure it out. So if you're hellbent on traveling, getting back out there and you're like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to be safe. You know, obviously follow all the safety precautions. I would stay the most up to date on safety know that you're resourceful and, you know, make the best plan you possibly can that you feel comfortable with. If you're not comfortable with traveling while this whole thing is going on, cool too. Don't, don't like beat yourself up about it. Don't be like, oh, am I being a wimp or whatever? Maybe I should get out there. Like if you don't feel comfortable doing it, it's totally understandable. We're in a global pandemic. So, Again, don't beat yourself up, but find a way to have adventures. Find a way to get that feeling of excitement and travel. Find a way to connect with uh, like-minded people and, and people that are totally different from you and learn about new cultures in your own backyard and uh, meet new people and try different things. And yeah, or not. Not for me to say, for you to do, for you to decide. Not for me to say. I'm just sharing some thoughts here. So I love you. I appreciate you for letting me have the space to share these thoughts on this show. Thank you so much for your time today. You are a valued member of this community. And if you want to keep in touch off the podcast, sign up over at zero to travel.com. Would love for you to join our email list. We got some cool stuff coming up. 
uh, in the near future online stuff. We got a, a side hustle challenge coming up soon. Uh, we're opening up our Lifestyle Launch Academy to help those of you that want to start a location-independent business, do it while you're working a nine-to-five. All this kind of cool stuff, some free online events. I send out a newsletter. I mean, all this stuff happens off the podcast, but uh, you don't hear about any of it unless you sign up over at zerototravel.com. So go ahead and do that. Keep in touch. And hey, listen, I'm going to ask for those audio messages again or some emails. Just send me a note, jason at zerototravel.com. Send me an audio message if you got time. Let me know your predictions for the future of travel and where it's going to be going, what you think it might look like in the next three to five years. Let me hear some of your predictions. Get out your crystal balls. I want to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you. I always love to hear from uh, listeners of this show. So uh, if you got a minute, take time to get in touch. Thanks to everybody that has taken the time to do that. I'll leave you with this quote about expectations from Michelle Obama, who said, I have learned that as long as I hold fast to my beliefs and values and follow my own moral compass, then the only expectations I need to live up to are my own. There you go. Another one in the books. We'll be back with an interview show next week. Thanks for listening. And until then, have a wonderful day. Take a chance. Do something for yourself today. Treat yourself today. Love and peace. Have a good one. See ya. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.